Welcome to Profit and Prosper, a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love. On this podcast, we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money, but I promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk. I'm your host, Sarah Young, a CPA and CFO with over a decade of experience in finance, business, and leadership. I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life, and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. that if you're listening to this podcast, you want to make more money. You either want to pay yourself more. You want to generate more profit in your business so that you can save and invest and build your wealth. I do too. I think that's something that we all started our businesses with this idea of financial freedom. And honestly, time freedom too comes from in part having financial success so that you do not have to constantly trade your time for money. But a lot of times after we start our business, reality sets in and it's a lot harder to find financial freedom than we thought it was going to be. (laughs) So if you're feeling this way, know that you are not alone. And I feel the same way too sometimes. So this episode is going to continue the series where we are talking about how to make more money in your business, focusing on increasing your income. You might have heard me in the past talking about how you can pull multiple levers in your business to make more money. You can increase your income or you can cut back your expenses. I believe that the most powerful way to make more money is to Focus your energy on increasing your income in the right way, as long as the offer that you have is profitable, right? So let's assume for the sake of this episode that you do want to increase your income. And here's the fastest way to do that. It's raise your prices. I think most people assume that the fastest way to get money in the door is going to be to go out and make more sales. But again, that assumes that what you're selling is profitable. The easiest way to make something more profitable is to increase the price. So if you increase the price of what you're offering, but you don't have to spend more money to execute on providing your product or service, then you are going to see that money go straight to your bottom line. Okay. So this episode is all about how to raise your prices. How do you know it's time to raise your prices? And I'm going to help you think through different ways from a financial perspective of raising prices. I think there's a lot about pricing that also is driven by sales and marketing and your mindset as a business owner. I'm going to focus on the financial aspect which I think is important because it will help you to make more data-driven decisions instead of necessarily always relying on how it feels because how it might feel to you to raise your prices, you might feel resistance, right? So let's come at it from a more logical data-driven perspective in addition to paying attention to all the other areas. But I think this will help you understand, should I raise my prices and how should I go about doing this? 
Here's how most business owners set prices when they start their business. They go out, they decide, I'm going to open up a bookkeeping business or an accounting business like me. They go out, look at what the competition charges, either for the product or for the package or by the hour, and they anchor themselves to that price. When What I mean by that is you price your products or services where your competition is priced or just below. Because you think, I need to be priced super low in order to get clients in the door, to get customers to buy my stuff, right? You may not be wrong when you're first starting out. But the problem is that what you do when you first start your business is a lot of times you over deliver in order to make your customers happy. Again, not a bad thing. But what happens is a lot of business owners I see don't ever increase their prices, or maybe they do increase their prices, but only marginally because they feel like, oh, well, I know my competition is priced here. So if I raise my price, then all my customers are going to go and run to the competition. So let's talk about how do you get out of this mindset of trading time for money? Because that's really what you're doing when you are pricing your business, your products or services super low is If you are not there doing the thing, doing the work, delivering your service or product, you are not going to make money. And it's hard to get out of that trading time for money trap, Um, especially if you're coming out of a W-2 type job where you are used to literally trading time for money, right, for a paycheck. It's hard to get out of that mindset. And a lot of people, especially women, business owners, they feel resistance to raising their prices. So I'm actually going to tell you a short version of my pricing story because I think I want you to understand that even me, a quote unquote numbers person, even I fell into these same traps until I realized I looked up one day and I realized this is not working for me anymore. I've got to make a change. So I'm a CPA. You probably know this. When I decided to start my business, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to start my own business using my CPA license, using the skill set that I had. And what do most CPAs out there do? Tax prep and bookkeeping. So that's exactly what I did. And how did I price my tax prep and my bookkeeping? I went out and I looked at CPA websites and bookkeeper websites out there (laughs) and I figured out what is their hourly rate? What are they charging? What are they charging for a tax return? What are they charging for monthly bookkeeping? And that's where I priced myself. The first couple clients that I ever had, I said, you know what? I don't want to charge them hourly every month. I want to charge a flat monthly fee because I knew that I didn't want to get caught in the hourly trap. And I actually very strongly believe this for everybody. The only people that hourly pricing works for is lawyers or people like that who can charge literally $400 an hour. Um, But for the rest of us, right, bookkeepers, good bookkeepers will go for maybe $50, $60 an hour, sometimes higher. Um, But that's still really hard to get out of the trap when you're charging hourly. And if you're not working, you're literally not making money. And then at the same time, as you get better and better at what you're doing, who benefits from you charging the hourly rate? It's not you, it's your customers. 
your customers benefit because it takes you less time to do the same thing than it did a year ago. And so they just end up paying you less unless you raise your prices. So anyways, here's what I did when I first started my business. I looked at what everybody else was doing and I charged at or below their hourly rate. So at the time, this was late 2018, I found there there were very few bookkeepers out there who I could find their prices for clearly listed on their site. But I found one that started at $95 a month. And this was like a startup model, y'all. This is what I base my pricing on. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to tell this, but I'm telling it anyways. I found this was a bookkeeping startup business. They were priced at $95 a month for their smallest like entry-level businesses. I also found another firm that's not a startup model, but a more established firm. They were doing bookkeeping starting at $275 a month. And so what I did is I said, okay, well, I'll anchor myself there. My first ever clients that I got, I charged them a monthly retainer, quote unquote. I literally charged them $125 a month to do their bookkeeping because I figured this is a basic business. It'll take me at most two hours a month to do the work. So two hours times my hourly rate plus a little buffer is $125. If you're watching the video version of this, you can see my face right now. Over time, I realized, okay, $125 is not going to work. Let me increase it to $275. And so I did. And you know what? It still didn't work. Why? Because I was over delivering like many business owners do. I wanted to make sure that my customers were happy. And so I, because I'm not a bookkeeper, I'm a CPA. And it took me a long time to realize this. My clients were coming to me in between bookkeeping with tax questions with, you know, how much do I need to pay for taxes? Do Can you, you know, model out a tax plan for me? Can you talk me through this transaction I'm thinking about in my business? Um, and even into some CFO stuff, right? Can you help me implement this system in my business? Can you help me do a pro forma, a forecast, like cash flow? How can I imp- increase my cash flow? And I was doing all this at bookkeeper rates. This is the classic undercharging and over delivering. And what that got me was burned out and stressed out and resentful of my business and resentful of my clients. So, what I did a little over a year ago is I realized how burned out I was. I stopped taking on new clients for three months. I'm not saying that you need to do this, but I needed a break. And so I had my team just maintain the clients that we had. I took a break from taking on new clients, doing any new cleanup work or any of this stuff that took a lot of time and energy from me. And I used the time to get less burned out, to take get some rest, to not work all the time. And then after I finally felt like I was getting back to a baseline energy level, I used my brain space to rethink my business model. If you're enjoying my podcast, then you are going to love my exclusive weekly email series, Profit and Prosper Millionaire Mondays. As a business owner, you have limitless potential for the amount of cash flow you can create in your business, but your journey to building wealth might not feel all that straightforward. To convert your cash flow into real wealth, you need to do a bit of planning and strategizing so that you can be wealthy and be well reaching financial independence and eventually retiring or relaxing early at your lake house, which is my plan. 
In my Millionaire Mondays email series, I share tactics and strategies for using your business to generate your first million dollars in net worth in the same approachable way that you get in the podcast. Sign up for my exclusive emails for free at profitandprosper.co forward slash millionaire. What I ultimately did is I stopped doing bookkeeping by itself because I knew that it was not calling to me. I opted for the low volume, high price model where I'm now doing CFO work. And interestingly, when I first took on clients for a monthly CFO retainer, which is, yes, it includes bookkeeping. Yes, it includes taxes, but it also includes strategy, um, forecasting, you know, helping them think big picture about some of these hard questions. That is CFO work. The first couple I did, I priced it $1,000 a month. And then I increased it to $1,500 a month. And then I increased it to $1,750 a month. And then actually more recently, I looked at it and I realized that's still not enough for the value I feel I'm providing to my clients. And so I have more recently doubled that. And so the point is, you have to be careful about choosing the right business model for you. And you can also not be afraid to change your prices again later. I think people look at a price change and say, oh, if I change my price, if I do it wrong, I'm going to be stuck with it for a year. Like you're the one who makes the choice. You are the business owner. You are the CEO. You are the one who decides what you're doing and how you're doing it. If you don't like what you're doing, you have the authority to change it. Okay. Don't feel like you are going to be tied to one price if you change it and it still doesn't work. It will take you time to find the right model. So here's some signs that you need to raise your prices. You're burned out. You're stressed out. You think to yourself, I just need to shut it all down. I don't want to do it anymore. That was me a little over a year ago. If you are booked out for weeks or months ahead, um, so I know a few business owners, like photographers, for example, who are always booked out months in advance. If this is you, you need to raise your prices. If everybody says yes to you, like if you have sales calls and everybody says yes, then that's probably a sign you're not charging enough. Or if you're selling out, so if you have a product-based business and every time you put new product out, it's snapped up really fast, raise your prices, okay? Supply and demand. I'm thinking back to my college economics course, (laughs) which I know not everybody took a college economics course, but supply and demand, right? If the demand is so high for what you're doing, then you have space to increase the price, okay? And like I said, if you increase the price and then people end up not buying from you, then don't feel tied to it. You can always adjust it. I did this actually when I first did CFO-only services um, last summer. I decided to increase my pricing. I changed my packages around. And the first couple sales calls I had, people said no. I got multiple no's and I was not used to having people telling me no because I need to raise my prices (laughs) because they knew that when they hired me to be their bookkeeper, they were getting more, right? So I wasn't used to people telling me no. And so I dropped the price from 1,500 to 1,000 and I got a few customers and then my confidence built up. And then what I realized over time was, 
it wasn't so much the price. I think it was a mix of my confidence, my energy levels as I was selling, and then at the same time, not getting the right customers, the right leads in the door, the the qualified leads. And so I've given all of this thought and I've tweaked it so that now I do have qualified leads and I am back to booking CFO clients at a higher level because I can also share with them the value that I have provided as I have done this work with clients for the last several years of my business. Because I've had CFO clients the whole time, just I switched over to only doing CFO clients about a year ago. And so all of that is to say, when you start your business, a lot of us price low until we get some reps under our belt. And that is fine. But please realize that after you get the experience and after you have enough experience to say, like, this is what I have done for people, do not be ashamed. Do not feel like you you need to keep charging that low rate. You increase those prices because you provide value. If people are literally telling you, wow, you're so cheap, you need to raise your prices, right? Unless your business model is on purpose to be the cheap offer, which is fine, but that's a very different business model than doing a low volume, high price model, okay? And I've also seen this a lot lately, this one, if it's difficult for you to actually afford employees. So in this case, I'm thinking of like my house cleaners. It's difficult for them to afford to hire employees to go and do the work. And my thought, my initial thought is, why don't you raise your prices so that you can hire more reliable employees, people who show up and do a good job for your clients. Okay. So there's many signs you need to raise your prices, but ultimately I'm not telling you just to raise your prices just for the hell of it, right? I never say that, but you need to understand that sometimes sometimes you can just raise your prices because if you are priced to be super cheap, if you're still priced like you were when you first started your business, if you are booked out for months and months at a time, you've got to raise your prices. So let's talk about business models. So going back to my example, I could have kept my business doing bookkeeping, but I would have had to change the business model. So I would have had to change it to where I was not personally involved with any of the bookkeeping clients on a monthly basis. And at the time, my issue was I was involved because if I wasn't doing the bookkeeping, I was the one running the reports and having the communication with them and talking to them and having meetings, which led me to feeling very burned out. So you can choose to keep that lower price, high volume business model, but you have to keep in mind that you need to be very clear about what you're doing for the low price. So in my example, for me to successfully have a bookkeeping business, I would have had to remove myself from the equation because it is not possible for me to not want to help my clients because that's just me. And I realize that about myself. So I could have done that, but I chose the high price, low volume so that I don't have to worry about that. My clients pay me enough now. I'm I'm happy to talk to them. I enjoy talking to them. I want to help them, right? Both of these business models are totally valid, right? I would say Amazon is an extreme example of low price, high volume. 
everybody goes there because they're a low price, but that is because they have a commodity. Okay. So there's commodity pricing and there's value-based pricing. I know value-based pricing can be very trendy, but there's a reason for that. So let's talk about what a commodity is and then what a differentiated product is. So a commodity is something where you are selling the same product or service, really, the same thing that everybody else is selling. Bookkeeping is an example of that. Bookkeeping is bookkeeping. As long as you find someone who knows what they're doing, okay? A bookkeeper is generally going to come in, code your transactions, run your reports, reconcile your bank accounts, and that's it. That is bookkeeping, right? You can go to pretty much any bookkeeper and you should get about the same service no matter who you go to. It's like um, going to a store and buying a white t-shirt, right? A white t-shirt in general is a white t-shirt. Like how much are you going to really pay to buy a white t-shirt? How much are you going to pay really for a bookkeeper? The thing here to make this work, if you are selling what is a commodity, really, you do have to be price conscious because your clients or customers, if you are more expensive, if they can go get the same thing from someone else for less money, of course, they're going to choose the lower price. On the flip side, value-based pricing is where what you do is differentiated. This is the difference between me providing bookkeeping and me providing a CFO service. What I do with my CFO clients is highly customized. It is highly potent. Um, It is not really, it's not the same thing that they're going to get from different CFOs that they could go hire because they're hiring me really for my brain and my experience and my expertise. And that's not something that can be replicated as easily. There's no easy comparison to anyone else out there when you have a product or service that is differentiated. So if you do have something that is differentiated, I'm thinking what comes to mind is like web design, right? I'm hiring the designer to put something together that is exactly what I want, that is highly customized, that fits my brand, that, you know, follows the right customer journey, right? This is highly, highly customized versus, you know, you can go out to these websites now and pay somebody, you know, $50 and they'll throw a logo together, but it's not going to be, you know, differentiated. It's not really going to be customized. Um, Doing like strategy, for example, is going to be something that is definitely value-based. That's the CFO difference versus a bookkeeper difference. So you can definitely use value-based pricing if what you're doing is differentiated and it's not a commodity. And please know if what you offer in your business is a commodity that in no way is bad, there are a ton of businesses out there that operate on a commodity model. My point really is I want you to recognize which business model do you have, which business model do you want to have, and your pricing needs to reflect that. So if you have a commodity, if you want to choose to be a bookkeeper, for example, and I'm not trying to like harp on bookkeepers, it's just my my real life example. I could have chosen to be a bookkeeper, but I needed to be clear about boundaries and what I was and was not doing with my clients. 
so that the product is scalable, right? Because what I was doing was not scalable as a bookkeeping model, as a low price, high volume model. And when you have a low price, high volume model, the volume probably needs to be higher than you realize to make money because your price is low. Therefore, your profit margin is lower. And so to make the same amount of money, you've got to sell more. So your product, your offering has to be scalable for that model to work. On the flip side, you can choose to be high price, low volume. You know, if you can transition your product, I'm thinking like clothes, right? Back to the white t-shirt. If you can differentiate and offer something that is the type of thing that the customer can only, you can hear how like not, (laughs) um, maybe I shouldn't have chosen t-shirts, but I'll run with it anyways. If you can change your product offerings over to be like, this is like the premium best t-shirt there ever was. And here's why. Then you can charge a higher price for that, right? Here's the one business model that doesn't work. Low price and low volume. That's a business model I was using before where I was doing low price bookkeeping and my volume, while it felt high to me at the time because I was at my capacity, It was not high enough to make the business model work. Okay, so low price, low volume, never going to work. All right. You either need to intentionally choose to be low price and high volume or high price, lower volume works. So let's say you're on board now with increasing your prices. Like I said before, I'm not here to tell you just to raise your prices just for the sake of raising prices unless you are undercharging and over delivering if you are constantly cheaper than the competition, if you are always booked out, if you always sell out, those are some signs you can probably increase your price without justifying it at all. Just go increase it 10%. Try that. See what happens. If you increase your prices 10% and then you continue to feel this way, increase it more. Go 20%, 30%, right? Go and do that without justification. What's the absolute worst thing that will happen? If People don't buy from you. Great. Okay. Now you know. Now you have the data point and you know. And so you either can pull the price back some or you have to think about are the people telling me no really the ideal client for this type of service that I'm now offering for this price, for this transformation? Let's also be aware of maybe you having a scarcity mindset when it comes to doing this, when it comes to increasing your prices because you're constantly sold out or booked out, it is going to be uncomfortable for you to raise your price and then not be booked out for months. Your brain is comfortable knowing like, oh, I have a pipeline, I'm covered for the next three months, right? Your brain is comfortable there. It is going to be difficult for you. It's going to not, maybe not difficult, but at least uncomfortable for you to only be booked out one month at a time, right? Make sure you're, you don't have a scarcity mindset where you say, if I raise my price, then people are going to stop buying from me. If I'm not booked out for three months at a time, my business is going to fail. Do you know how many people there are in the world Do you know how many businesses there are in the United States alone? If you ever start to worry that people are not going to buy from you, that you have exhausted your potential customers, that there's not enough for you and your competition to succeed, step back and really think about 
How many business owners are there? How many consumers are there in the United States? How many people are your potential customer? A lot. You have not exhausted the pipeline, okay? It is going to be very difficult for you to do that. I mean, there are enough consumers in the United States for Amazon and Walmart to both exist and make money, okay? If they can do it, so can you. Now, you can also increase your price by adjusting your business model. Like we talked about the different business models and what I did, I completely shifted my packages. I completely shifted my business model to work better for me. So again, I'm not saying I didn't go and change my minimum price from 275 to 1500 offering the same thing to my clients. I figured out a few things. How could I do what I do better, higher quality? How could I do it faster? And how could I make what I'm offering more targeted and more potent? Potent is a great word. To me, that means that what I'm doing for my clients is both incredibly high value, but does not take a ton of time out of my day. And so how did I do that? I, by increasing my prices to my new minimum level, which I have then subsequently increased, I'm doing it better because I'm serving less clients. And so my team and I can focus on the people that we do have and provide them with an, a, a great experience. We can also get it done faster. We can keep their books updated every month. We can turn reports around more quickly. Um, we can do things faster. People pay for speed, right? And then in terms of potency, what I found is that my, my monthly one-on-one -on -one strategy session that I have with my CFO clients, or in some, in some cases, weekly sessions, those are high value, high potency sessions because of how I structure what I talk about with them. I have my team provide to me the numbers on a silver platter, basically. And I make sure that I use my experience and my expertise to point out for each client every month, this is what you need to focus on. This is how I'm interpreting what's going on. This is your strategy, right? That is potent. That is very high value. That is how I literally went from 275 a month to 1500. That is an increase of five times. And then I have since even doubled the minimum price, y'all. It is possible for you. It is all in how you structure your offer. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. There were two things that people have said to me through the course of my business ownership experience that have really clicked when it came to pricing and designing my packages and making money. One of them is we talked about this concept of you can only pick two of these three things. You can have something done fast. You can have something done high quality. Or you can have something done cheap. It cannot be fast, high quality, and cheap all at the same time. And that is exactly what I used to try to do with my bookkeeping packages. <laughs> and then I ended up failing at doing that well because it's literally impossible, okay? So it can be fast and cheap, but it's low quality. It can be fast and high quality, but that's expensive. That's my model. Or it can be um, cheap and high quality, but that is going to take time to turn that around, okay? 
pick two of the three and figure out how does this fit in with my business model, with how I want to run my business, with how I want to serve my customers. Pick two of the three. You cannot have all three. The second thing that somebody said to me that really clicked was I had resistance over raising my prices because I know like many of you, I feel very strongly that I want women business owners to make more money. I want women business owners to become more financially literate because I want them to make more money in their businesses because I believe that as women, when we make money, we can do good in the world. This is my mission, right? I feel guilt sometimes when I think about charging my clients a high price for helping them to do that because I feel so strongly that I want everybody to be able to do this. And somebody said something to me that really clicked, and that was, I can provide a high level of service. I can provide them with the tools that they need to do the thing to get the transformation that does not always have to be tied to my direct one-on-one time. And so if you think about it, my highest level of one-on-one time is my monthly CFO clients, which are now three to $8,000 a month, right? That is my, that's where I put my um, attention, where I put my one-on-one actual time. Then I have my group program, which is also amazing, I think, <laughs> that also has the same tools, the same framework, the same processes that I'm teaching in the program that I do with the one-on-one clients, but the people in the program pay less because they don't get as much of the one-on-one time. And so it's all about ratcheting up levels of support as you increase your price, right? How can you lower your price, but also pull back on your one-on-one support? Are there things that you can provide that are more automated, right? Could it be an ebook? Could it be an asset that you've already made that it doesn't take you any effort to give people access to this anymore? On the flip side, as you put more of your brain, your experience into the thing, how can you charge more money, right? So those are the two things that people have said to me that very, very much clicked. And honestly, it helped me process how I needed to change my business model so that it worked for me. Okay. So I want you to um, take this episode and really think about how does this apply to your business? How can you increase your prices in a way that makes your life easier and feels aligned with your business model? Or do you just completely need to change your business model like I did, right? That's totally, totally an option for you. Anything is available to you. You are the one who decides how you want your business to run. It is all your choice, okay? So I want you to, as step one of doing this, if you listened to the episode on calculating your baseline revenue goal, I put a calculator together to help you calculate that revenue goal. So go and get the calculator. It is at profitandprosper.co forward slash calculator. I will put the link in the show notes. I want you to go and do the calculator, figure out what is your baseline revenue goal that you need to bring in every month, and then take it a step further and think about, is that baseline revenue goal achievable realistically 
with your current pricing, okay? And if not, how can you increase your prices? Is it a small price increase that makes it work? Or do you need to change your business model completely? Start with that baseline revenue number because that is what is going to enable you to make the best decisions on how to structure everything else. So go and grab that. And honestly, y'all, if you're listening to this and you're at in any way in doubt, I've only seen in my experience a handful, a very small handful of clients who did not need to raise their prices. So if you are in doubt whether you have a product-based business or a service-based business, you probably need to raise your prices. Okay. So just think through how you can do that in alignment with all of your other goals and go and do the thing. Okay. It's the fastest way to make more money without having to go make more sales. All right. So I hope this was helpful. I'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcocfo and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen, and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngcocfo on Instagram so I can give you some love, and I'll see you in the next episode.